All right. Chris Lee and Kevin Schoenwalter, Southeastern 14 here today for the SEC Daily. Uh, when technology doesn't work, grab the big bulky headphones. That's what we've done today. It's, it's lovely when things just stop working right before you, you go live. Uh, but anyway, that's where we are. We'll make the best of it. Uh, we're going to talk about our bold predictions for SEC football for this weekend. We're going to go over a couple things in the coaching community, that kind of thing, just stuff people are talking about. Not the best slate of games this weekend, but we're going to go over the three that, that really matter. Those are the SEC on SEC games. A reminder, our show presented by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling. College basketball here as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, all the hoops, betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Gavin, welcome yeah. back. Missed you yesterday. Yeah, but, uh, hey, the, the big boy games are ahead. we got rivalry weekend next weekend. And not the, not the best slate of SEC games, but we got Georgia, Tennessee, certainly a game of interest. Uh, South Carolina, really Kentucky, that, that's a pretty even matchup. And Carolina needs that to get to a bowl. Yep. And Missouri and Florida in, in a game where, gosh, the way Missouri just drilled Tennessee last weekend, you, you wonder what's in store for the Gators. Yeah, no doubt, man, and, and excited, glad to be back. I know, sorry, I, I saw we left you solo yesterday, Chris, so apologies for that. But Nobody wants that if they can help. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it, I get it. And uh, but today you show up, I can't tell if you're a businessman or a DJ in Ibiza with those headphones, so, you know, we uh, we're, we're, we all come back down to, to, to the middle. But, no, excited to be back. A lot of stuff to talk about today, obviously. Thursday we usually do bold predictions um, I'm not sure how bold I could actually get with a lot of the, the games this weekend, this conference, but we'll hit the big ones, Tennessee, Georgia, Missouri, Florida, uh, Florida, uh, and South Carolina, Kentucky. But also I think that we, you know, we'll just have, we're going to have some conversation about, um, you know, where, where, where we're at in this season, what's happened. Um, and then maybe I can give some insight as well to kind of where players heads are at this time of year. It's an interesting time of the year. Like yeah. a chunk of your seasons already kind of passed you and you're either playing for something or you're not. And, the holiday, Thanksgiving and the holidays. And and it's just a very interesting part in the season that maybe I can dive into and kind of give you guys a little bit of a intro to player psychology at this point in the year, but no excited for today, Chris. All right. Uh, let's start with Tennessee, Georgia. And I, I don't know what's coming at me. We haven't compared notes ahead of time, but give yep. me your, your bold projections, bold predictions, whatever's ahead for Tennessee, Georgia here. Yeah. And, and again, I, I say this every week, but I do this to, to save myself from, from the comments like bold predictions, are bold for a reason. They are uh, not likely to happen, but indeed very possible. And, you know, for Tennessee, Georgia, I, I actually went back and forth on this for a while. And, um, you know, I, I didn't want to go all the way to it, but my bold prediction for this game is that it's going to come down to the last drive. And let me explain mm. myself here for a second. What we saw from Tennessee last week was abysmal. If they play like that, it, it's going to be worse than, than Georgia, how they did Ole Miss. But here's the thing. Tennessee – and under Josh Heupel, especially going back to the beginning of, of 2022, so last yeah last year, is a completely different team at home versus on the road. And I, I just want to walk us through this a little bit. Since the start of 2022, which was you know the magical big year they had last year, Tennessee when they're at home or neutral field are 14 and 0. 
when they're on the road, they're four and five. They score 48 points when they're at home. They score 27 on the road. Their opponents score 17 when they play in Neyland. They score 28 when their opponents are home. And a hundred different, uh, and both total yards per game and opponents' yards per game is a hundred yard differentials. We're talking about two completely different teams when they're inside the gates of the big old house of football that's out there in Knoxville versus on the road in the SEC. And so, you know, it's hard for me to look at Tennessee's performance last week and say that that's exactly who they're going to be when they play in Neyland Stadium. They haven't lost at home in over two seasons. And so, uh, look, I still think Georgia's going to win this game, but if my bold prediction, I think. Tennessee always plays well. If they keep it close and get the crowd behind them, especially put the pressure on Beck a little bit, like a high pressure uh, road game that Georgia had this year was at Auburn and didn't play, play particularly well in that one either. They even had another road game at Vanderbilt and didn't play stellar in that one either. And so they haven't played outstanding on the road. Tennessee has been outstanding at home. If they can keep that going, I still think Georgia's going to win, but Tennessee can keep this close. And who knows? It may just come down to the last drive. Now, were those home and road splits for SEC-only games, or were those all games? I believe all games, Chris. Okay, yeah, because all games would be a little – like, and I'll give you an example, and you know this, but, for example, uh, Tennessee-Connecticut would be part of the home splits. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and they're never going to play a Connecticut on the road, and, and and I get it. But, yes, I mean, better example, I mean, throw out all the other stats, whatever. I mean, Alabama last year, right? Yeah. Now, it was different circumstance – Tennessee had a lot more to play for going into that game than it did than it does going into this one. But you saw Alabama lost two games last year, both of them at the buzzer, basically. The one in Knoxville was at the buzzer, and that, that place was lit. Alabama could not hear itself think. Uh, and, and you saw what happened. Now, look, I, I don't know. Again, I've said I, Nayland may lose a little bit of an edge. For sure. Based on based on what happened, it's it's and maybe not. Maybe they maybe they show up and it's like a yeah. you know national title game or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. The folks in that Knox will show up for games and they're loud for the most yeah. part. Yeah, it's it's but, just, but, it's, but it would have been it would have had a different feel had last week gone differently for Tennessee and Missouri. One hundred percent. If this, if this week had gone, you know, if if it was, you know. George, or really, honestly, if, if Ole Miss found a way to beat Georgia, if it was the, the ideal scenario for Tennessee fans and Ole Miss beating Georgia, Tennessee beat Missouri, you meet in Knoxville with the East on the line, that place mm -hmm. was going to be nuts, absolutely nuts. And, and I know we all saw what Alabama was last year. It would have been crazier than that. And so, you know, how much do they really have to cheer for? Like, I still think it's a big deal if they, you know, play well in this game, this and that. But also at the same time, and, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm interested to see, you know, what kind of juice and energy Tennessee has after what happened, right? Because it's almost like this is what was, what could have been, right? What could have been if we were taking care of business and all that kind of stuff. And now what you get now, so it's just, it's going to be interesting for me to see inside, you know, the Tennessee players' minds and can they really get up for this game? Um, I still think it's going to be a raucous crowd. I mean, there's way too many seats in that place and passionate fans for it not to be, but um, yeah, it's almost a, a game of of what could have been because if that scenario happened, yeah. this would have been this would have been the game of the week this year nationally, and and probably would have been yeah. you know college game day and maybe even the game of the year. Um, obviously with the with the East on the line, so really unfortunate, but but probably a story of 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 what could have been. Yeah, well, I think what makes this game interesting. Number one, I don't think Georgia could have played much better than it played last week. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, I don't think Tennessee could have played much worse than it played last week. Absolutely. And now you flip the venues for both teams. Georgia goes away from home on the road. Tennessee goes away from the road to home. So that, that's what makes this 
a little bit hard to figure mm -hmm. in terms of what you're going to get because part of me goes, well, hey, Georgia has flipped the switch. It changed quarterbacks with Carson Beck. It is always replacing names from the mm -hmm. NFL draft. And so there's a little bit of expectation that, you know, Georgia's going to get better as the season gets along. Kirby Smart has raised expectations there so high that you just feel like they're in soul-crushing mode. But then it's yeah. all the stuff back to what you rewound to with Tennessee at home. And then let's not forget, it's not Tennessee last year, but it's a pretty good team yeah. in its own right, and especially in Knoxville. Right. And that's why, like, at the beginning when I was introducing this bold prediction – I said I was going back and forth, and and maybe that's why it's okay for me to be because this is pretty bold. I mean, we're talking about the number one team in yeah. the country coming in and coming down the last drive. I think this is a pretty bold prediction, but you know, it's definitely possible with what we've seen. It's hard for me to like you know look at that Tennessee team last week and say, okay, that's going to be the same product that we're going to see this upcoming Saturday because I don't think that's going to happen. They play way better at home, and it's going to be hard for for Georgia to play any better than they did last Saturday too. So finding somewhere to meet in the middle. I know Tennessee's good at home. Georgia's won, but still not looked as good on the road. Um, but I think it's going to be a tight one, especially with the crowd behind behind the balls. All right. Missouri, Florida. That one's in Columbia. Give me a bold prediction for this one. Yeah. So let's let's just do kind of like the state of the union on both programs right now. Right. Missouri probably has the most momentum they've ever had under under coach Drinkwitz. And, you know, maybe not ever or really in, in recent memory because they were in, you know, SEC championship games, um, you know, when they first joined the conference. But, um, you know, that win last week. You you play again. Um, the the game is in Columbia, correct, Chris? I I, I do I do see that. It is. Right? You get back at home, the place will be sold out again. I'm I'm sure. Everyone in Kansas is talking about Missouri football. You feel good if you're a Missouri Tiger wearing wearing a, a black and yellow uniform. I'm not sure if you feel too good if if you're a Florida player right now. You're one and three on the road, and you just saw this trio of of Brady Cook and Schrader and Burden just absolutely shine and, and beat the brakes off of Tennessee. That's my exact prediction. I, I think I'm going to see a little bit of a copy and paste from last week, Chris. We saw tons of momentum. I've always said, and maybe my biggest mantra of all college football is it's all about momentum, and the Missouri Tigers have it more than anyone in the country right now. I think they're going to win big yeah. These teams, there's such a contrast in consistency. Missouri, again, I, I think the second half of that Middle Tennessee State game in – Week two, was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Missouri's been pretty good, pretty consistent week to week. There haven't been just a lot of halves where you said, man, they were just not any good. Now, you might say second half LSU, but sure. hey, that, well, welcome to Jaden Daniels' world. He just does that to people. Ask, ask, <laughs> ask Florida about that. Right. Um, see, I, I feel like this team has been so consistent. Meanwhile, Florida, let me just – you know, you saw the, the Utah game where everybody said this team's terrible. Two weeks later, they come back. They, they're they dominant in a win over Tennessee. I mean, dominant-ish, I guess. 29-16 controlled the game. Uh, the next week, mediocre against Charlotte, win 22-7. Next week, awful against Kentucky. Lose, yeah. lose by 19. They come to Nashville, wax Vanderbilt for whatever that's worth. They go to South Carolina. They're down to the very end, pulling out of the fire. Everybody's up for that Georgia game, and maybe it's just running into Georgia, but they lose by 23 in Jacksonville. Then they lose the game to Florida. I mean, excuse me, to, to Arkansas that nobody yeah. expected in Florida where they don't lose. And, and then last week was that whatever where they were up in the second half early against LSU before Jaden Daniels started doing Jaden Daniels things. So this is one yeah. team that's been super consistent against another team that has not. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, Chris. And 
I wish we could do like a reel of of our previous shows from the past season. And there's been so many times where we're like, man, you know, we're down Florida, Napier, can't believe this. And then two weeks later, we're like, hey, Florida, you know, Florida. And then the next week, oh, Florida, Florida. And so yeah, it has just been the most roller coaster season of emotions. Um, it already is being a college football player on a college football roster is already a roller coaster. The season is absolute up and down, but maybe for Florida this year more than we've seen. And when they've run into those problems, Chris, those valleys that we're talking about has when they've had games on the road, Utah, yeah. Kentucky, and now they go back on the road to Columbia, which a place that will be rocking because of what happened last week. Total belief in the team, total belief in the program, campus-wide and city-wide and Columbia as well. So I got Missouri winning this one big, Chris. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that – what's the line on this, 11-ish is we're doing this? Yep, yep. Uh, this, this feels like Missouri is going to do it by more than that. I, I think they might. And, and, and it's going to, if they're, if they are, it's going to lean on the shoulders of cook Schrader and burden. Like we saw last yeah. week. And, and look, I'm not saying Cody Schrader is going to go out and have this out of body experience again, like he had last week, but they're so balanced and explosively balanced. They can attack you down the field anyway, even, even all the way down to a quarterback scramble with Brady cook. And, and so yeah. when you don't know, like when, when you can pick up chunks and just, you know, plays that basically dead plays wash plays where the coverage is good but your quarterback scrambling or your running back makes a play it's an almost an unstoppable team that's what we saw last week kind of see that were unstoppable well that that was a wee bit of a problem for florida last week yeah yeah that that was a little (laughs) bit and so uh just just a little bit something's got to get look look, this this is how good Jaden daniels was cody schrader has 321 yards from scrimmage last week does not win sec offensive player of the week yeah that's, that's what Jaden Daniels did to Florida. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Something tells me they're gonna have trouble keeping these guys in front of them, and, and Missouri's gonna be having some some big time celebrations in the end zone. But good for Missouri, and they they deserve it with what they've done this year. And and who knows, they win these last two, they're gonna find themselves in a New Year's Six Bowl, and and you know we'll see where it lands with the Coach of the Year conversations. Okay, South Carolina hosts Kentucky, and I know this game is nowhere near the top of anybody's right. national radar. Kentucky's. Yep. Once promising season is is probably going to end in. Some, I mean, I say going to end in some kind of disappointment if they win this yeah. game and then beat Louisville. Kentucky yeah. fans are probably feeling pretty good about how Kentucky got to eight and four. South Carolina's got to have this one in Clemson so, to get to a bowl, unless we go APR. Right. And so I, I think, um, yeah, th- th- this one's intriguing because all the computers, the the lines, the odds makers have it close, and yeah. you can make a case for it to go either way. Uh, you can make a case for it to go either way, but I. Th- think you just nailed it right there i think you just nailed it in terms of you know how great and how optimistic were not only kentucky fans but kentucky players coaching staff in the locker room how, how that season started and what it, what it's been since and you you look up you know at this at this time of year like i said there's two games left you know what were our goals what are we playing for now and you know what's really left for us to play for and then now, not only that, but I see, you know, Kentucky's made up of predominantly transfers, right? Not like legacy guys mm-hmm. who, you know, you cut them open, they're not going to bleed, you know, big blue nation. I'm not saying they don't, you know, support their school and whatnot, but these aren't, you know, they, they have other aspirations, whether it's the next level, whether it's whatever. And then you say, look at South Carolina and you say, okay, this is a desperate team that desperately needs this game at home at night in williams Bryce Stadium to set up a huge game that's going to set them up for bowl eligibility against Clemson, a game they won last year. They played well at this time last year. To me, it's all signs are pointing towards the Gamecocks, and not only that, but all signs pointing away from the Wildcats. And so for that reason, I'm taking South Carolina by about seven-plus, Chris. Yeah. 
I'm I'm going with it for the same reason. It just you it feels like it's not a wise move to bet against Shane Beamer in these situations because man, that guy's answered the bell so many times. Yeah. Yeah. He has. And 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 it's it's almost like he does it when whenever we just kind of write write South Carolina off or not even write him off, but just stop talking about him because we're like, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, they've won two in a row. Look, they got a chance to make a bowl and you know, who knows where they're end up at end end up at the end of the year. But all I know is Kentucky's entering this game below their expectations, below their standards. It's an SEC conference game on the road towards the end of the year, ready to get on to some other things. And this is a must-have for South Carolina. And because of that, they're replaying with a little more juice, a little more edge. You know, maybe Kentucky's more talented and more explosive with Ray Davis and, you know, Barion and all those guys back there. But I think South Carolina wins this one. Plus it's at Williams-Brice at night, which I've played at before, yeah. and it's one of my favorite venues in all, in all the SEC. Feels like you don't want to be the coach who loses this game, which I, has I been a recurring theme of of November. Yeah, I, I think. Um, well, it's that time of year where a lot, you don't. Yes. A lot of times you don't want to be it's a firing coach season. Losing. Yeah, you, you don't, and 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 you don't want to be a coach losing games in November, especially if you lost a lot in October and September as well. And yeah. so, you know, what's that going to look like? Oh, I know we're getting a lot off topic, but what's that going to look like for for Sam Pittman? Is is there a word? to be had with, with Billy Napier and, and the athletic director in, um, in Gainesville. It, this is a time of year. There's already two openings, right? There's already two SEC openings, A&M and, and Mississippi State. It's going to be interesting to see the directions they go, but but I'm not sure we're exactly done in that department yet, Chris. Yeah, that that's our next topic before we get there. Um, let's pay some bills. Our sponsor of this next segment will be MyPerfectFranchise.net. Are you sick of working for someone else? Are you looking for a better life? You can live on your own terms. Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net is the man to call. He'll help you find the perfect franchise based on your goals, your dreams, your skills, your financial requirements. In other words, your personalized American dream. He'll educate you on the process, help you understand the risks and rewards of your options, Every step of the way, uh, you fill out a free questionnaire. He spends a lot of time getting to know you and your dreams. He's not looking just to place you with this guy or that guy for a higher commission. He's a good man, and he's looking to help you out and get to a better life for you and your family. No obligation. His services are free. Call him 404-973-9901 and tell him you heard about his show at Southeastern 14. Okay. Coaching changes. We've had two already. We've got Sam Pittman on the hot seat. We've got Billy Napier is picking up a little little fire. Lost some commitments this week. Uh, where, where do you want to go? What where's your head as we get to coach firing season here? I mean, let's let's we could start a lot of places, but maybe let's start where the seat is probably the warmest, and that's in Fayetteville, don't you think, Chris? Mm -hmm. And, I think and so. so let's let's talk about that for a second because. You know, I like Sam Pittman, and I think a lot of people do. I think I think a lot of Razorback fans do, to be honest with you. He fits in with the university. Um, his persona is, you know, alive and 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 competitive. Uh, obviously, an offensive line coach, so totally understands, you know, the grit and grind of what football is, but can also relate to, you know, a lot of uh, Arkansas fans. I, I think that because of there's that mutual respect and that mutual like, I don't see them just saying Sam Pittman, you're fired. I, I don't, I can't see that happening. Um, to me, it's going to be more of, Hey, we've decided to, to part ways at the end of the season and, and almost let him down easy a little bit. I am predicting that to happen. Um, you know, obviously they have, 
basically, I, I believe it's a gimme game this week, Chris, and then they got Missouri at the end of the year. Um, I don't expect them to win that game. And so, you know, I think that there's a mutual respect between Sam Pittman and athletic department, and his football team for sure. But I think also between Razorback fans, like think about it. We know that seat's hot, but it's not like people are going crazy. Like Sam Pittman, you need to go like all that kind of, that we see a lot of times with other fan bases. I think there's a little bit of a mutual yeah. respect, although, although there is a urgency to change. And so that's why if this does happen, and I do think it is, it's going to happen after the last game at the end of the year when the season is over and it's going to be more of a, we're parting ways instead of, you know, scolding him in the sun. I wonder if it makes a difference because everybody likes Sam Pittman. I'm sure Arkansas yeah. would not want to move on for Sam Pittman just because of, of all the things that everybody knows. But let, let's say you beat, uh, was it FIU this week, and they should be 30-point yeah. favorites, something like that, I would think, 20-something yeah. points. And then you beat knock off Missouri. A Missouri oh, team be, looks like it's headed for a 10-win season. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is is this? Uh, and I'm completely speculating. Maybe, maybe they've already made the decision. They just want to let him get through the season, right? But it feels to me like if you beat Missouri and you're looking to make a case to keep your coach, maybe that's the one. And if there's a case, which I'm sure you know, it's not like there's all rumors. You know, with these coaching things, it's not like there's all rumors and then all of a sudden the AD walks into your office and says you're fired. There's, you know. They've, they've been talking about this for a long time in terms of, hey, what's uh, the athletic director is trying to understand. I'm sure you're going into Pittman's office or just having a conversation of, hey, what's going on? Why are we not getting it done? And if if, the, if there's a case, like you said, Chris, it's they've lost so many close games, so many close games. And, and so it's not like they're getting blown out and the product they're putting on the field is necessarily a bad product. They're just not getting it done. And, and look, yeah. winning and losing is the only thing that matters in this conference. But I think there is a little bit of a case to be had for Sam Pittman in that in terms of the close loss to BYU, uh, the close one on the road in LSU um, at night. Um, and I thought Arkansas played actually pretty well in that game. And so, you know, there's there's all – I'm sure there's a lot more as well that I can't name off the top of my head. But if there's a case to be had, it's that he's actually had not only a tough schedule, but the games they've lost, they, they've, they've you know, kind of let slip away from them. So um, – you know, we'll see what happens. I think if they beat Mizzou, I think he stays, Chris. I do. Yeah, I mean, your your points are not unfair. They're, they're still a top 50 team nationally by the computers, although by about that much. Yeah, I, I don't think that makes Arkansas fans feel any better, but it, it's different than if you're just getting your doors blown off every week by by mediocre right. teams. And that's which not is what we're saying. That's not yeah. what we're saying. That's yeah, which, which tells me that I think they're that, that, that Florida win looked like a team that was still playing for them. Yeah, him, but, uh, and, and I don't think there was any doubt there. Like, and that's that's my point of, I think Sam Pittman's good for for the university. He's also good for the program because he fits a lot of the persona of that university. And and obviously the, the guys like him. I mean, the I saw you know I'm always looking at the the post game videos and stuff that teams put out and the way this the team was celebrating the win in, in in Gainesville, but also celebrating coach. That that holds a lot of weight. That holds a lot of weight because when when coaches get fired, it's when they lose the locker room. That, it doesn't look yeah. like that's happened really at all. For him all right what else you got your eye on as we we close here today well i think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least have a conversation about billy napier and yeah. and, and it's, it's more so about the expectations at florida and how fast people want to get there right this is year two um there's been some good there's been some bad but we just mentioned it. it's been a little bit too much of good and then really bad and then pretty good and then really bad and, and a lot of inconsistency you know they are up there in the recruiting rankings amongst the nation's best, but they've also lost a little bit recently. Um, it shouldn't be hard to recruit to 
Florida, uh, which, you know, may say more about the university, that, that recruiting ranking may say more about the football program, the university than it does, you know, him and his recruiting staff and how good they are at that. But we need to see how they finish, man. I, I, I have a, a major bold prediction. I'm not sure if I want to release it yet. I may wait till, till next week, but it would, it would really shake up, you know, Billy Napier and what his future would be like in Gainesville. Um, because they're, they are the definition of, of inconsistency, but yeah, it's been, it's been two years. I think there may be a little bit, you know, unrealistic expectations for a two year lifespan. I'm not saying that he's not the guy. I'm not saying that he's not the guy. I'm not saying he is the guy. I'm just saying, I think you need to give him at least, at least another year. Um, and cycling those guys through. Otherwise, you'd be jumping the gun. It's not, it's not like he's like, you know, two and eight, right? Like, yeah. they're not abysmal either. They're just really inconsistent, um, talented, but really inconsistent. Yeah, I'm I'm more worried if I'm floored about losing recruits than I am losing ball games right now. Because, again, the, the, the expectation to me was set before the year. I did, I did not think they'd yeah. be above 500 with that schedule. That looks like the place that Florida's headed. No, no look, if it's not, if they close out by – you know, beating, beating Missouri and Florida State, then I think people are on board then again. But t- to me, their future was always ahead of them more so than it was this yes. year. And so I'm not – nothing that's happened on the field with Billy Napier has really been alarming to, to me. Yeah, except for the Arkansas loss. That was a little – Well, that one, yeah. But, I mean, but again, our, Arkansas is not a not an awful yeah. team. It that's just right. that's true. hasn't broken their way. See, it's not mm-hmm. like they were losing to – you know, yeah. Stanford or somebody. Yeah, so. that would be that would be different if if Vandy or Mississippi State rolled into Gainesville and beat them like that. Yeah, then yeah. we would have Arkansas is despite their record is like like you said they still the computer still have them as a top fifty team. I think they got the talent to be even more than that. They just have let a few ones slip away. And you know, this is the SEC conference, man. You can lose in, in any weekend, any given weekend, no matter if you're two and eight or eight and two or whatever it is. And so. You know, I hope because I, th- I think if Florida jumps the gun, Chris, and, and you know, who are you going to go get? Who are you going to go get? And, and you might – it's it's possible with, with the money that's in College Station that you get your second pick, your third guy, because the, if your second guy don't want to come. And so, I don't know. I just think – I don't know if, if the risk is worth the reward because I don't even know who you'd bring in if you make that jump right now. Well, I think – look, you're Florida. You always get somebody that's coveted with the, with the history, sure. with – with the resources you have there with the, with the, the the place you're recruiting to. But the the, the thing I wonder if if I'm a coach looking at that job under any other circumstance, uh, it looks one, but if I'm going, okay, wait, you just, you gave Billy two years, right? Really? That's what we're doing here. Absolutely. You you fired the last coach because you couldn't recruit and you give this guy two years. So I think you have to wonder what sort of, Images that create for your program if you move on. Yeah. You know what? This is a symmetrical, this is symmetrical of this is exactly like fans of professional teams. I'm, I don't care what league you play in, but you know, you're either in win now or you're in rebuilding mode. And people yeah. are always trying to say, tear it down. We need to rebuild. And then when the team does it and starts to rebuild and starts losing games, they're like, oh, what happened? How? Yes. What yes. A- and what, this is what we asked. For. This. And so this is exactly what's happening at Florida in terms of, you know, you fired Mullen because he couldn't recruit and then you bring in Napier and you don't even give him a full two years where he can recruit his guys, and get him on the field. That, that is just blast. It's the same thing. It is absolutely symmetrical. And yeah. um, so anyway, that that's just, that is, I, ha- I had to bring that up because I feel like that's a perfect analogy of, you know, fans are and, and people, and I say fans, but it's really the noise, right? Whether it's fans or, you know, 
people whispers or even on the team. It's just the noise, the noise outside of the program. The noise is loud and always wants something that you don't have. And then when you realize it, you're like, oh, wait a second. And then someone gets burned. And hopefully that's not Billy Napier, you know, coming up. All right. I had a short window uh, today because I've got got to be somewhere. So we're going to we're going to cut this short right here. But uh, Gavin, thanks for joining us. Um, looking forward to, to doing this again tomorrow as we look towards another weekend of SEC football. All right. Uh, thank you all for watching. God bless everybody. Have a great day. This has been Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.